Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses for an audience of real entrepreneurs like today's guest who told me he's been listening for, for how long have you been listening, Sean? Oh, at least 10 years, I, I swear. Sean, I'm so honored that you've been listening and I'm so excited to talk to you about your story because I, I want to find out about the current company that you're working on. I don't know how high level is competing in a world where there's so many marketing automation companies selling software how are you standing out? And before this interview started, before I even said, I don't know how you're surviving in this world with, with all these competitors, uh, you started telling me that there's just a huge appetite for software out there. And I, I get it, but I, I always think that it's limited, especially for, for established categories like marketing automation, but high level's growing. I have one, one idea about why it's growing. What high level does is it does marketing automation, um, basically, you know, the CRM, collect email addresses, send out messages, do it in an automated, organized way. Um, but it does it in a white label way for agencies. So an agency who's listening to us today who says, you know what, I want to do marketing automation. I can't stand, I've got a few companies that I'm sure that they can't stand. I won't insert them here, but they might say, I can't stand all the options that are out there. I'm going to create my own agency's software without coding it up. I'll just use high level you will let them put their own logo on it. It's like they created the software, they manage the software for their client, it gives them credibility and it gives them um, something new that other agencies don't have. I'm guessing that's why you stand out, am I right? Yes. All right, we'll find out about how you built it and what else it is that's allowing you to, to grow. And we could do it thanks to two phenomenal sponsors. By now, everyone knows that I am sponsored by HostGator. If you're building a website, you know by now to go to HostGator.com slash Mixergy to get their lowest price. But you may not know that one of my other sponsors is a company called Zopto, which will do marketing automation inside of LinkedIn. I'll tell you later on why you should be going to Zopto, especially if you've got an agency. Sean, good to have you though first. Thanks for having me. You told our producer you're not gonna give revenue at all can you give us some kind of band? Can you tell me how, how high levels doing? How about like between 10 and 20 million a year? I would have spit my tea out. Unreal. Within two years. Yes. And you still sound like a guy who's paranoid. Like I thought you were coming on here to save your company the way we were talking. <laughs> no, I'm just paranoid. <laughs> You're just paranoid. Always. Yeah. You think it's going to go away? No, I mean, no, 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 not at all. I think running a bootstrap software company is a hard thing to do. I just have natural innate fear. <laughs> and part of the fear is because of something that happened to you early on. You're a guy who um, started creating websites early on. You went, did you literally go to door, door to door and- Remember that there was this thing called the dot-com crash. I was in college at the time and I was working for a really cool startup and wouldn't you know it, they vanished overnight. And so like everybody else in that moment, all opportunities for employment vanished with it. And so I was, I literally walked out my, you know, I, went, I moved back from college to my parents' house, like every other college kid. And I literally walked out the front door and just knocked on doors until I randomly found someone who hired me and it turned out he was starting a business. And so we kind of started it together. What was the business? What type uh, of business? Answering service. And, like phone answering service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But ah. which sounds super uncool. And, you know, but to be honest, I loved it. It was the greatest business in the world because at the time, answering service was all these little, all over the place, these little companies and at Google AdWords was literally just coming online. And so we sort of put, I already, and I'd already been working the web. I'd worked for this really cool advertising agency that was doing all this online stuff, making websites and all that stuff. And so I, we put two and two together and we really nationalized that business. And in 12 years, we grew to 5,000 small business customers, 400 employees, all working from home. We wrote all our own software. It was all, it was all fun time. Wow. Working from home even back then. And back then. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
was this for lawyers and accountants and doctors? Yeah, all small business. So it was all inbound. So like we never, so here's, here's the story. It was simple. We, we, we were in a little building and kept filling up the building. And then we finally said, okay, well, we're going to have to go to another building. And so we went and looked at other people in our industry and, and, you know, we just hated what we saw. It was frightening a building full of thousands of people. So we said, forget that. What could we do that's different? And so we had heard at the time that JetBlue actually was doing work from home agents in Utah. And so we kind of investigated this and we tried it. I remember running a, an office above the laundromat down the street from us and we sort of used it as our test bed and stuff. And it worked and we scaled it out and it was very crazy at the time. And, uh, and you know, we, we scaled it out to, like I said, 400 employees. I'm looking at your LinkedIn profile. 2003 to 2005 is when you did this, right? Yep. So the company is Answer Connect. You're listed as a co-founder. You grew to 500,000 5,000, 5, yeah. uh, excuse me, customers, mm -hmm. which is huge in this space. How did the cash out part of this uh, deal come out? How'd you do? Not well. <laughs> Why not? Uh, well, I mean, I was 18 at the time and I didn't have a lot of experience in business and um, I didn't understand how contracts worked and how the world worked and, you know, all of those good things. And I, I sort of put my head down and worked hard for 12 years, seven days a week. And, um, you know, I just didn't realize what I didn't know. And at the end of it, you know, there were some disagreements between myself and some other founders and I was a minor shareholder. And so I learned some very good lessons there. So I, I got to, to start over again. Um, but, uh, but ultimately I think that was a, I mean, while I certainly would say, I wish it was a different experience. I'm certainly happy that I had it the way I did because I learned a lot and I had many experiences. I don't think money could buy. I mean, in the middle of, of running that, I also started an online women's shoe store called soulstruck.com, which at the time competed against Zappos and we grew that to millions of dollars in revenue selling women's shoes. So just lots of adventures you just wouldn't have gotten had I gone off and got a job. What would you have done differently with Answer Connect? Would you have just formalized your relationship with this uh, co-founder? Yeah, you would have. have. Yeah, well, yeah, but it was so, their idea. He wouldn't have done it. He would have said, hey, look, go take a walk, Sean. I'll figure this out for myself. So. I don't think so. No. Yeah, no, I mean, no, not at all. I mean, I think I was, you know, I think that had I just been a little more street smart, I think I could have created a different relationship there and just done a better job. I, I don't know. It's just about having experience and understanding, you know, contracts are there for a reason or, you know, agreements should be, a certain agreements should be in writing because it's do just you think right you were clearly, do you think he clearly meant for you to get half of the business or, or side? No, 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 no. That no. was never the, that was never the deal. It was uh, just some portion of it. Yeah. 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 But yeah. it was never discussed. Sure. Um, it was discussed, but I mean, you know, you know, sort of, Due to legal agreements and other things that have come subsequently, I can't go too much farther into that because I get myself in trouble. But suffice to say, um, it's just it was an experience that that taught me a lot. <laughs> One thing that I would that I wonder, I don't mean to superimpose my own experience on you, but I remember in college when I got a job working for Stephanie Winston. She's like Wall Street shark, really aggressive, did well for herself. I remember I went in to talk to her. I got the job. I was so happy I got the job that when she just like assumed the clothes at zero dollars um, for the internship, I just said, okay, when do I start? And it was the way that she assumed it that made me keep on moving on. But in, in reality, I just should have stood up and said, I need to get a salary. That's what that's how things work at NYU. Yes, it's good that you send that you send over the paperwork to them and you're going to introduce me to things, but even if I would have just 
worsted out and said, NYU requires that we get a salary that's at least minimum wage. Sure. I could have stood up, but I was too, I was too shy and I was not willing to stand up and say what I wanted. And that's why I didn't get it. And I believe that Stephanie was smart enough to know it. I think that I think that in those moments when you are new at what you're doing and you feel like you've arrived, you, you feel like you've gotten the thing that you wanted so desperately that it's hard to then decide that at, at that point that you're going to stand up for yourself and, and take it further. Right. And so right. I think in those moments, you know, everybody's different. It's hard to know what, what's on the other side of the table, but there's certainly people in life who can sense those things, can smell those things and can take advantage of those things. Um, you know, I'll, I'll personally never know, but I will say in those moments, I wish that I had acted differently because I think- just stood up and said, here's what I want from life. Here's yeah. what I want from this relationship. Yeah. Got Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Got it. And that's, that's the big takeaway. And that's the worst of it because you can be upset at somebody else and say, I'm going to find someone else who's not like them, but to be upset at ourselves and say, I can't believe I did that. Even if I know I'm going to learn from it, I feel like, Ooh, Andrew, that wuss who didn't ask Stephanie wouldn't, uh, I think her last name was Winston, Winston, Stephanie Winston. Isn't it amazing how you can barely remember now? And yet at some point it was the greatest thing ever. And I always think that that person who was there who didn't stand up and ask is probably somewhere inside me. And I either can fight it or whatever, but I feel like it's always there and I have to watch out for it. Do you feel that too? That maybe that's why you're so guarded right now with high level? Oh, I mean, absolutely. I've always been, I'm always that person. And at some level I always will be, but I think also, You've got to realize that to, to what extent that's a weakness, it's also a strength, right? It it may it I mean, because think about the reverse. Let's just say you were you're always in it for yourself and you were, you know, you, right. you were always cutting people off and taking full advantage and doing whatever you could to stomp people into the ground. I mean, I gotta tell you, I, I, history does not look kind of those people. And I don't know, I don't know that those are great lives to live. So, you know, if I could take advantage of a little more, but at the same time, I'm perhaps a little more empathetic. Um, or, or kind, hopefully, you know, that just means we live a little bit nicer lives relative to some other people. And truthfully, we work in an industry in the tech startup software ecosystem where it's growing so much that there's a lot of room to be nice and not to be so hoarding of your piece of the pie. I hope so. Yeah. Oh. And, and I mean, so I, I, mean I, I don't, I certainly used to feel that way. I, I don't, you know, I, I hope the future continues in that direction. I mean, I'm a software engineer. I mean, that's my background. I love creating software and seeing software change the world. And I'm a small business guy. I love small businesses. And so I think that- How are you calling it. yourself a small business owner when you're doing over 10 million? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I just meant heart, I you love mean. helping small businesses. Got it. I, okay. Got it. You know, like my, my last company, you know, I got to a point where I'd helped a thousand small businesses and I kind of grew it to that point. And I kind of couldn't figure out what to do. And I looked around and the only play I could see was enterprise. And I thought, how in the world am I going to uh, do that? I just yeah. I could never do it. So I yeah. admire people who could say, you know what? I created the software. I like SMBs, but you know what? Enterprise has more money. I'll shift to enterprise and I'll go through their whole rigorous process. Can't do it. I, just, I don't I, like it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what happened to the shoe company that you started? I, I see oh, on your LinkedIn. Oh, well, that was, yeah, <laughs> that was so much fun. Uh, what happened was simple. Um, you know, uh, like many, many, many companies who ship things through the mail, there's not a lot of money left over at the end of the day. So while we certainly ran that business for a very long time um, and sold a lot of shoes, I don't know that I would recommend online retail to people as a business. It's not a high profit business in general, especially when you're selling something that fundamentally you're, you know, 
this is just a change and shift in retail, right? This is this is what is taken for granted today. But you know, if you're selling the same thing as a hundred other people, what else is there to sell on except price? And so um, that that's what happened to that business. Okay. Then you started to talk about this new idea that you had. You talked to well, what was the new idea? Oh, which one? Invoice Sherpa? Uh, yeah, before it was Invoice Sherpa, it was this other idea. What was the idea? Uh, oh, yes. Okay, so <laughs> this was, I'm not a very creative guy. And so I'm, I'm, I'm good at implementation, but not necessarily thinking stuff up. So I, at the time, I thought, you know what? I'm going to go out and I want to help small businesses grow. I know what I'll do. I'll do reputation management, like automatically help businesses get reviews. And I looked around in the world and there were lots of people who did this. And I remember going to like a tech startup meetup thing in Portland where I live. And there was some big VC dude there. And he gave some speech and I went running up to him after the, as I said, oh, hey, I really, I respect you. And I want to tell you about my new business idea. And I said, and I told him it and he's like, it's like, that idea is terrible. He's like, that has been done a hundred times. You, that, you got to think of something different, man. And it was just like, he had just like punched me in the face. Like it was the worst experience. And I left there so demoralized. So while I, and, and but so, the idea was to get reviews for businesses. Somebody correct. comes yeah. into your small restaurant, your small oh, hotel, yeah. they have a happy, yeah, exactly. Why, you know what? I have seen a bunch of businesses sure. that do that. It seems to make so much sense. Why it don't does. they take off? Oh, don't worry. Well, you know, we, you know, we, we're going back around to that idea, but I think fundamentally at the time, um, it wasn't, it did take off and there's lots of companies that did it. Um, you know, I think that what, what would have stalled me out in that business wasn't the idea itself. I was, I mean, it was early on, right? It was 10 years ago. It was still, it was still kind of a new thing at the time. I think what suddenly would have stalled me out at the time would have been distribution because that's actually, in my view, what gets most small start software startups is it's not the engineering. It's the, how do we, the heck do we get to the customer? Ah, uh, right, right, right. And all these sites that offer reviews, they can't charge that much for a review, right? Right. And if, if, they, if, how much could they charge? Maybe 50, let's say a hundred dollars. A restaurant might be willing to get people who leave. I mean, to pay. I don't know. What do you if, think? You look at, if you look at, I, I actually, I think you'd be surprised. I, I think that if you go look at like a podium or a bird eye, these guys are charging three or 400 bucks a month. Now it's not just reviews these days. It's a couple other features, whatever it is. There's actually, it's actually pretty, pretty expensive. But if you look at the model and how they built it, it's all on tremendous amounts of VC capital because most of it goes into a big sales team and full calling and all kinds of things. And that's where I would have run around into an issue. I didn't know a lot of VCs and I certainly didn't know how to sell. So I would have, I would have been done there. So I'm actually ultimately very happy that he said that because of course that kind of leads into the next part of the story where, you know, I went to dinner that night demoralized and I talked to my wife and her friends who are accountants and they said, you know, um, <clears throat> our clients send out invoices all day long and they don't, people don't pay those invoices. And, you know, they spend hours on it. And wouldn't you know it, it's actually a big deal because many of our clients actually go broke over the fact that their invoices don't get paid in time. They get into a cash flow crunch and then they can't pay their bills and they have to shut down. And so, you know, off the back of that dinner conversation, um, I didn't know what else to do. So I just sort of tilted my business that direction. And I just said, I'll just try it. Um, and I literally integrated. So I thought to myself, well, where can you get the invoices from? Like who has invoices? I'm like, oh, the accounting system. So literally at that moment, QuickBooks Online was coming out with their new API. Zero, which was an unknown little accounting software company at the time, was coming out in New Zealand. And, and so I integrated with both of those. And um, wouldn't you know, it was a big hit. <laughs> Lots of small businesses have that problem. 
You know what? Um, Absolutely. So, you send an invoice perfect. and you don't want to be a nat. You know what? Especially for small businesses, you're the guy who sold the deal. You closed the sale. You don't want to go yeah. back to the people who you're going to close another sale with and say, now it's time to pay. Give me, give me the money. But if it's right. software that does it, then it's depersonalizes it. Totally. It makes it a lot easier. I've had oh, situations yeah. where people will pay me to fly out to go to a conference and it's like a nice time that I, we have a nice time together. Right. We're hanging out. Now, what right. do I do? Say, now you have to be, I have to be petty and say, pay yeah. me this thing. I throw it into an invoice, even though yeah. it feels awkward when we know each other and I could text them and they could whatever, send me the money. It feels so much better to depersonalize totally. it. The thing is though, fresh books existed at the time. And, and yeah. you, I think you even saw that and you knew it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I tried invoicing to was built in. So then um, what's the problem? Why? So what you were creating was something like, what, a sequence of messages that QuickBooks yeah. wasn't mm -hmm. smart enough to add it and that was well, it? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, and then like, you know, I would of course try to evolve it, right? So like the big the big piece of course wasn't just the reminder. It was, and then the, then came the payments integration which made it super simple for people to pay. And then you start to get, you start to realize that a lot of people actually end up doing business with the same people over and over again. Um, and so then we'd start, you know, I'd start to, um, make it so that the next invoice up would just automatically pull off the payment method um, on the due date. So it wasn't, you didn't have to remind them anymore. You could just auto collect the money, um, that sort of thing. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, so it, I mean, on its face, it really wasn't all that um, complex, but turns out it was a big, 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 big issue. Um, but I would say long-term, that's actually what concerned me. I mean, I, I saw that this was, I was really just, adding a feature onto a platform that didn't yet, you know, that feature didn't yet exist. And my assumption was that someday that it would. And so, you know, wait, before we go into, so let me pause yeah, for yeah. a moment, coming back yeah. to the day you launched it, you launch it yeah. and immediately to success, you say, well, basically. you know, I mean, I, you know, immediately people start signing up and seemingly How? they were pretty happy. With it. How, how did they even know you existed? All through, well, this was, was great, right? So it was all through the QuickBooks apps market and the zero apps ah. market. It gave me all my distribution. I didn't need to do any advertising or marketing. They did it all for me. Got it. And so this is one of those amazing feelings that you get as an entrepreneur where sometimes it just hits right from the start. Soulstruck was, I guess, at that point, about eight years before. Were you still comparing it to Soulstruck? No, 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 no. That's oh. all. Yeah. So at that point, I'd sort of, that was literally my sort of, I was on my way out. Um, I had already, I sort of started this off my kitchen table. Um, and, you but, know, but in your head, you didn't. I have a friend who's uh, who's doing incredibly well with this company. He doesn't appreciate it. I was telling you before, he's getting offers to sell the company and he's basically looking to jump on it. He doesn't appreciate it. And sometimes I want to tell him, do you recognize that there are times when you spend a couple of years to even get any traction? Then once you do, the whole thing gets taken away because some world changing thing, oh, you lucked out. Did you oh, yeah. recognize that you were onto something this way? That it was that, that was such yes. a fortunate thing. You did yes, yes, right yes. away. Absolutely. Um, although, you know, it's an evolution in thought though. Like, at the outset, I didn't actually see how tenuous my situation was. <clears throat> I didn't, I just sort of assumed that I was early on in the process. I sort of gotten the first version of it. And I would sort of, as I went along, figured out other ways to help these small businesses and really grow this into a much bigger thing. But like I said, I ran into a scenario where I, I got to a place where I personally couldn't figure out kind of the next steps. Okay. Um, and, um, and we're going to get into what you're going to do yes. with that in a moment. Okay. I want to ask you people saying that my ads are the only ones they don't skip through. So I'm going to do an ad for HostGator and I'm going to make okay, it unskippable. I'm going to make it unskippable by asking you one of the easiest things to do. If you have a website, is, if you have an idea, a, a desire to start a business is to go into consulting, create an agency. You've seen Sean agencies for years now. Yep. What's an example of one that you see that, that if someone's looking to get started, either an idea or a framework, 
for a type of agency they could start today? Digital marketing agency. Still digital marketing agency? Buy ads on Google, buy ads on Facebook, that type of thing? No, no, like help small businesses in your local community get online, run their business, advertise, market, local digital marketing. Still? Still, absolutely. You realize that's the type of thing that Ty Lopez tells his people from the side of his Jaguar that they should be starting. Yeah, but there's a, di- there's a total difference there, What's though, the difference? right? The difference there is the online course, the online world is really about a singular focus. Go sell Facebook ads to dentists, rinse and repeat. Right. Right. I'm saying do the boring old thing. Go, don't, stay local, stay in your town, go out, don't sell just one thing, sell everything. Be the outsource CMO for these small businesses. It, it, it's just it, at the very base layer, it's, it's, it's labor arbitrage. I mean, what's the difference between a bookkeeper, you know, a, a, or a digital marketing agency? If you really want to get down to it, the bookkeeper, it's not that the business owner couldn't do it. It's just labor arbitrage. Mm. It's expensive to hire somebody in-house to do that work full-time. Why is the digital marketing agency any different? I, I think it is. I think it's the same thing. Or it's not rather. It's the same concept. It's somebody who has experience and, and has the ability to help you do marketing and advertising, but you don't hire them full-time. And there's enough money, you think these smaller bits? So you're saying to me, I live on, in uh, San Francisco, Valencia Street is the main big strip over sure. here. You're saying go door to door to all the stores on Valencia Street, not especially- all Focus not all on them. durable ones, focus on the okay. higher margin. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what Valencia Street has got all these higher margin things. They're, they're places that sell coasters for $50, right? But they're, well, they're, you are in a bit of a unique spot, right? right. So, but you're saying wherever they are, look at the people who have higher margins, go door to door, say, I'm going to get you customers from the internet. Here's how right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to create a website for you. I'll buy a few inexpensive ads at the right places for you. We'll set up a drip email campaign for you, right? Well, and what I would tell you is- it, Yeah. And this is where we got to, we will eventually get into high level is you have to, so the, the big, the big mind shift change, in my opinion, is you also become not just a service provider. You're also going to start to become a software provider and a technology provider because all of these small businesses need both. And there's such a massive, we've, you already kind of alluded to this, there's a massive world of all of these choices out right. there. How the heck is a small business owner? Am I supposed to choose these technologies to run my business? It's and then they end process. up picking the ones that are advertising everywhere, like MailChimp, and then right? MailChimp or, or right. calling me or whatever. But is that, that that's a that's a really terrible way to do it? If you think about it, if it's and honestly, even once you make those choices, you realize those are that's like just buying tools at the hardware store. Now you actually got to take those silly things and do something with it. It's way way easier to go out and if you have someone in your local community, like a digital marketing agency, who can show up and say, listen. You need this tool, this tool, and this tool, and I'll put it all together for you. I'll set it all up and I'll run it all the time for you. Problem solved. And what are the tools or what are the features, let's say, because I know high level combines yeah, sure. them. What are the Absolutely. features that they I mean, it, I mean, it ranges. Every business is different, right? But, you know, I, I think that if you're for the average local business, it's, you know, reputation management, web chat on my website, um, you know, uh, uh, two-way text messaging. Um, so that uh, they could get a text message from someone who wants to buy from them. Of course. Yeah. And then I they mean, have to sit and man it, man it. No, no, the no, local no. Store? So that's where the agency starts to come ah, in. You say, I'll text the, it. I'll respond to them. Go. Got then, it. And, okay. And there's, there's, and then there's also like things like I was in the answering service business and, you know, I can't tell you how many businesses miss phone calls right in the middle of the day when they're open and all their staff is there. And I'm going to tell you call, calls are worth a zillion dollars relative to any other type of lead. Cause that's a high intent 
right. activity, that person on the other side. So when you miss a call, um, what about missed call text back? So when the calls miss, you automatically text that person back. Oh, and you just oh, set that up for them as software. Of course. Dude, that happened to me. I Middle of the day, I go and I take my kid from school to after school. Play, basically, he's in the park. He's hanging out by himself. I say, you know what? If I'm leaving, I kind of feel like a, a falafel. <laughs> I call a falafel place, freaking guy, because it's lunch. He's not picking up the, the phone. I got desperate. I eventually call, called back a few times and got through to him, and he made me a spicy falafel that was really good. But you're right. Just text me right. You're saying... Give them the software that just automatically texts back. If he misses a call, no sweat. Got it. And you're saying all that. All right. So listen to me, everyone. Here's how it fits in with my sponsor. One of the first things you're going to need is a website. And if you go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy, you'll get a website that you can run quickly. It'll be on WordPress. It'll be up and running and gives you tremendous credibility. There's something about, Sean, having a freaking website that gives you much more credibility. I know there are people who sell on Instagram. I bought on Instagram. Oh, no, websites are still a thing. And and in people's minds, they have a higher sense of value than they deserve, to be honest with you, right? That's true. If I were to say to you, I'm Dr. Andrew Warner, you'd listen. If I were to have a website that's drandrewwarner.com with my freaking face on it, you'd suddenly think that I was a real doctor. Anyway, listen to me, people. Go and start by going to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. Their prices are already low. You don't need me to get a low price from them, but they'll be even lower if you use my URL. You'll give me credit for sending you over and you'll get great hosting package that will work quickly, let you move on with the rest of your life. Hostgator.com slash Mixergy. All right, you were saying to me that you were starting to realize, look, you had this thing, it worked. It's such a brilliantly simple idea in voice Sherpa. And then- you said, I don't know where this is going. I don't have any new ideas for new features. What do I do? And then you get, what is it? An email out of the blue? Cold call. Cold call. Okay. And, and you know, I've gotten a million emails and calls before for many other people telling me how great I was and how, how, how they can take me to the next level and all this other stuff. So, um, you know, and talk to venture capitalists and things like that. Um, until of course they found out how little revenue I did and then sort of ended the goal. How, how much but, revenue were you doing? Uh, let's see. I, I think the, the best, highest, highest I ever got, I think it was like 40,000 a month or something. So that's freaking great. 40,000 oh, no, a month for one order. feature. Oh, oh no, I was, yeah. I loved it. In fact, I, I hated those calls with venture capitals that make me mad. Cause I was like, well, what do you want from me, man? I'm doing this all on my own. What did they, um, oh, because they were, they were starting to put you down. Like this was not enough. Oh yeah. 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 So uh, you, like, you know, that's the way the world has changed today. I think you'd find they wouldn't be venture capitalists. They'd be these entrepreneurs with a rolling fund or yeah, something, the angel right? funds and stuff like that. Who sure, would then yeah, also yeah. be able to come in and say, hey, you know what? And get you fired up about other ideas. And now you're yeah. in a mastermind with people who have a financial interest in getting you excited and lit up, right? <laughs> Got it. Okay. So, but you didn't have yes. that. You were getting people who were no. making you feel bad for not yeah. being QuickBooks with this and not, okay. <laughs> Got it. And this dude calls you up, this gentleman calls you up and what yeah, happens? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And he's from like a, you know, like a business brokerage website flipping company of some kind. And Can you say the name of the company? Oh uh, yeah. It's called Latone. I think. And I know them, okay. uh, yeah. And so anyways, you know, he goes on, he does his shtick and I'm like, yeah, yeah, whatever, buddy. <laughs> and he's like, you know, and he's like, but listen, he's like, what do you got to lose? And this is how he got, he's like, he's like, listen, you just name the price, right? I don't, I don't name the price. He's like, you sign a document. It says very simply that the price you gave me is going to be right there. And I have six months to sell you. And if I fail, you pay me nothing. Right. He's like, what in the world do you have to possibly lose? And I'm uh... like, gosh, you know what? He's the first guy who called me who said that I didn't have to pay him a dime. And that it, it, I just couldn't, I couldn't argue with his point. So I named it at what I thought at the time was a crazy price. And, uh, and then, uh, you know, a week later, I think he came back with three bids and I felt pretty stupid. What was the number that you gave him? <laughs> uh, half a million dollars. Okay. You're basically asking for 10 months 
of, well, of I, revenue. Again, I had no idea what I was doing. You're uh, just throwing out a number. You go, look, if you oh, give yeah. me half a million dollars and I'm you know, interested. And, I, and, you know, and of course, you know, now it's a joke because of course, by the time you pay all the lawyers and you pay all the fees and you pay everything else, I mean, at best, you might see, you know, a, you know, a quarter of that amount when all whoa, things. Whoa, whoa, really? You get well, half a million dollars. Uh, there were some other extenuating circumstances there. I mean, give I, me like a type of extenuating circumstance without going into uh, details that you don't feel comfortable. Yeah. With. So right in that moment, so I had I had white label payments as part of my app, um, and I had got there was a scenario where <laughs> my payments provider had believed I was on a. A, a contract where I took all the risk and I knew I was on a contract that I took none of the risk. Meaning like you're collecting money from somebody for uh, an payments. invoice so like, and passing Andrew, it on to someone else. Well, I'm just like, Hey, I'm like strike. Right. I'm like a, basically like my right. own little mini strike. Yep. And it's like, Hey, Andrew, come in, you can set up your own payments account, you know, invoice for payments. And it, you know, it's just a white label of somebody else. And I got a percentage of that. Right. And, but as part of that, the big risk in payments versus fraud, and so I knew enough to know I had no idea how to handle fraud. And the last thing I was going to do was handle fraud. Well, anyways, this payments provider had gotten bought recently by a very big company in New York. Mm. And in the midst of it all, the contracts were kind of mixed up. And the version I signed said I had no risk. The version they thought I was under said I had it. I, I, I had to take all the risk. And so they were just basically giving anybody who came through the app payment. And some guy sure enough turned out to be a fraudster. And in the midst of it, I, you know, it ended up basically costing them, I think, like $200,000. And um, they threatened at the time to shut me off. Um, and I was like, uh oh, that can't happen. And so right. I had to settle with them for, I had to pay $80,000 of wow. that 200 grand in order to keep the payments account on. So that's 80 grand right there. Wow. Extenuating right. circumstances. It, you, you could have just left it in the background while you did other things. But I think you I just had 700 customers on. That, yeah, right? that's killer. You could, but I'm guessing that you just no, wanted to lock could, something in have. for yourself. I couldn't have because I was the single owner operator. I didn't charge enough. For, the biggest problem is I didn't charge enough. I, I couldn't hire anybody. I do all the support tickets myself. It was just a, it was a, it was just a night and day operation. And, um, and also it's just not the way I roll. I can't, I can't disconnect. So put it all together and there's just no way to back around. Okay. I get that. You then sold the company. Yep. You you did you take some time off? I can't tell. Uh, I became an employee, essentially a consultant or whatever you want to call it. But I was full time for, for a few months. For a year. year. Oh, yeah. a year and, with and, them. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And then once you left, I'm looking again at your LinkedIn profile. 2018 is when you left that company. No, I keep saying 2018. I don't know how we end up with 2018 on this. How long did you take a break? Did you say to yourself, no. "I'm not at all." No. Okay. I, I already, I already wanted, I knew I wanted to move on. I knew I wanted to do something else. Um, I didn't quite know what I wanted to do, but I mean, I knew, I knew I wanted to start another software company. And so, yeah. And, and lucky for me at the time, one of the smartest, the, the smartest and best engineer I've ever met in my whole life happened to come available and he was willing to sign up as a co-founder with me. And so I, I just couldn't turn down the opportunity. So when you had, well, how'd you know him? Um, I hired him. 12 years earlier. And he said, you know what? I'm up for starting something with you. Yeah. You got it. I tried, you... I tried to get him to do something. He, had, he and I had actually done a little um, online invoicing app thing, um, you know, sort of on the side and while he was working and then he finally quit. And I said, Hey, let's go do something else. And he said, he said, okay, let's try it. And so I was like, this will be great. Let's do it. One of the things that the people who worked um, 
your clients at Invoice Sherpa, mm-hmm. one of the things that they kept telling you was that they needed more customers. And you see that's that right. as a big business right. pain point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You also told our producer, and this is where I had in my notes, uh-huh, I didn't understand this. You said to yourself that your next business was going to be vertical specific. Invoice Sherpa was just trying to be everything to everyone. And I knew my propensity to always say yes to things. So I knew if uh, I stuck with one vertical, the features I'd say yes to from one customers would likely be the kinds for others. So what I'm, what I'm, I think I'm understanding you saying is you wanted a specific type of customer who are all the same. Just horizontal SaaS versus vertical SaaS, right? So at Invoice Sherpa, I could do I did one thing for lots of people and did it super well, but then I got to a place where I'd start to get requests that were really good requests, but they'd only impact 5% of my customer base. So sadly I couldn't do them. And I, I really got frustrated by that. Ah, because my needs as a person who sends out invoices to conferences is so different from one of an accountant who's tracking minutes, who's different from even a lawyer. Got it. Okay. And you said, I want one type of customer. They all going to have the same needs. Got it. Then you we're seeking out one idea and you spent some months on it and it didn't work out. What's the idea? Well, I chose the vertical home services. I had a lot of home service customers in Invoice Sherpa. I liked the vertical and I was like, that's great. You mean Let's- plumbers, cleaning plumbers, people, electricians? people, sure. Okay. Yeah, carpet cleaners, you name it. So I was like, great. I'll just you know go off and do another you know service CRM, right? Um, and so we built an entire service CRM. It wasn't I mean, we built the whole thing. We built the mobile app. We built the web app. We built everything. Um, and <laughs> and then I woke up to the fact that I had no clue how I was going to get customers. And that while integrating with things like QuickBooks or what I had done in the past might work to uh, some degree, wasn't going to work to the same degree. Right? right. And then I called, I had a lot of these people that I knew and I called them all up. And when I called them and showed them this new software, they said, oh, this is great, but as cool as it is to get another, you know, a better dispatching or job management system, what I really need is more customers. God. And I thought, gosh, what the heck? How can we, how can we do this? So I just, we sort of paused it and we went off and we, we said, okay, let's go back to reviews, getting reviews for small businesses and two-way text <laughs> messaging at the time. And so then we, we sort of created that product. Wait, before and, you continue, I just want to underline yeah. the fact that you, you had a product idea. You spent months developing it, right? How many months? Yeah. Oh, four months or something. Okay. The guts though, and the self-awareness to say, I'm not going to continue even though I'd invested in this thing is impressive. Well, no, it's stupid because it's the problem. It's, it's, it's the man with the hammer disease or the person with the hammer disease you know, to, to, to a man with a hammer, every problem looks like a nail. As an engineer, and I would point this out to every other fellow engineer out there, we have the propensity to swing the hammer we know, which is, I know how to write code. I know how to write software. I know how to create. Uh, okay. That's a stupid idea. The better entrepreneurs that I've read subsequently, especially in the bootstrapping world, they go out and they, and they go talk to their customer first. And they say, hey, listen, if I was to create the following thing, would you pay me for it? And if someone okay. says yes to that, the very next question is, hey, listen, write me a check. And I promise I won't cash it until I have that thing created. And if you get 50 people to do that, you have a business. But that is what everyone should do, including what I should have done at the time. So I was not smart. I was stupid. Okay. All right. Still, the, the fact that you wouldn't continue with this saying, I'm going to find the right plumbers, I'm going to find the right electricians. Yeah. That's impressive. You then went back to the review business. How did that go for you? really good at first <laughs> and then really terrible. So what I mean by that is 
I show I showed it to 30 customers and all 30 or 30 potential customers, 30 people I knew, um, and all of them bought it. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. This is going to be great. And then two weeks later, they all called and canceled. And I'm like, wait, hold on, what just happened? Right? Like you said it was amazing. And they all said the same thing. They said it is amazing, but we're just too busy to like we just don't have time to figure it out, set it up, get it going, whatever. And in that moment, there's lots of ways I could have gone, right? But it just so happened. It was just by chance that a, a marketing agency who was working with one of the customers who had who hadn't yet canceled um, called me up and said, Hey, listen, we need to see the platform because we heard you're working with our customer. And I'd just like to know what it is that it does. And at the time, I sincerely recall saying to myself, what a waste of my freaking time. Why am I getting on the phone with this person? But I didn't have a lot of, I had a lot of time. So I was like, okay, I'll get on the phone. And this guy said, wow, this is amazing. I think this is so great. Can I buy this for my other customers? I've got 50 other clients. I'd love to sell this to. And, you know, I said, okay, that's great. And I just assumed two weeks later, he'd cancel. But two weeks went by and he kept calling me and he kept he kept asking for more features. And then he said, can I introduce you to 13 other agencies I know? And, and so what it eventually, eventually dawned on me was, wait a second, this is the key. This is the missing piece. This is the aha moment for me. It's the business owners need this technology, and, but they don't have the time to learn it. Not because they're not smart people, right, but because right. they're busy doing the thing that they do, right? And it's these people that plug the gap. They fill the hole. And so to me, that was like the, the biggest epiphany. I mean, it didn't happen overnight, but it was the answer. And so was he, was it the reviews that he liked and he thought that other clients of his, what part of your software no, did so, he like? Okay, so we had, we had written in a little bit of automation here. So what most of, I mean, in his particular circumstance, he was running ads for these people and generating leads. And the biggest problem, and I already kind of knew this was with business owners, you generate a lead and you know, this person raises their hand and says, yeah, you know, I want to, I want to come in and get that free estimate or whatever it is. And then the business owner does nothing <laughs> because they're busy. They're out doing their thing. And then, so what happens? They don't get the business. The lead turns uh, into, okay. you know, if you're the business owner at the end of the month, when you look at the spreadsheet of leads that you paid your ad agency to get you and none of them turn to the customers, do you say to yourself, oh shoot, I'm, I'm to blame. Right. You did a really bad job. No, you say you're, you're a crappy lame marketing agency. You're fired. Right. Even though those leads were great. So what we did is we automated the outreach to those leads as they walked through the door. And we were able to start to convert a lot of them automatically into that next stage in the in the sales funnel, which created a lot of value for the agency. Because Meaning get get customers for these home services businesses? Not just home services. This guy was like in the med spot. He was phase. in everything. But at first yeah, yeah, it was for so, home services but businesses. Lots and lots. Everybody advertises, right? So now you just like blow this up into a much bigger market. Every business runs an ad. And when you run an ad, you're fundamentally trying to generate a lead. And But the, the, the thing is, when you generate a lead, you've got five minutes to get back to that lead. And if you don't, good luck converting it. And so most small businesses are not set up to have that type of reply rate and that type of speed. But if you bring automation to the, uh, to the equation, particularly over SMS messaging, all of a sudden, boom, you're reaching out to people immediately. Thank, hey, so hey, what's it? So what's, how does this work? It's, it, it might be me. I'm just going to pick myself as a consumer. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Andrew, the consumer, would want somebody to come and attach and change all my light bulbs so that Perfect. they're uh, Alexa enabled, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. Um, that doesn't cost that much. And it's a nice little feature to have around the sure. house, especially with kids who can't, uh, who can't reach the light switches, <laughs> yeah. right? Fantastic. I might call an electrician 
He's no, you're not going to call an electrician. Let's say you go to the electricians. You could call them, but let's but say I would, you might their, start with what? I might Google. Yeah, you go to their website, right? Okay. And they've got a big button there that says, you know, click here to schedule an estimate. Okay. And you fill out a form, right? And you know, and then you hit send, and then boom, you go out. You go, you're about to go about your day. And if you go about your day too too much longer, it all depends. If you're just intent on filling this as a need, you're going to call the next competitor and the next competitor. You're going to keep doing this until you find someone who comes back to you. But if literally 60 seconds later, your phone buzzes and it's right. like, hi, Andrew, this is Bill from Bill's Electrician, you know, whatever. Um, I just got your request. Do you need to schedule an estimate or do you need to schedule a time for us to come out? You're like, holy crap, right? Like you're paying attention. Right. And then you'll start to text back and you'll engage. And then we, of course, we eventually take this further because we put a little AI in the mix. So like you might text back, yes, Bill, I actually do need you to come out. And then of course, on our side, Bill's nowhere to be found. Bill, Bill, <laughs> I don't know where Bill is. But we know that, yes, I want you to come out means, yes, I want you to come out, right? So then we're texting back, oh, awesome, Andrew. Well, here's a link to our estimate calendar. Grab a time that works for you. And you're like, estimate calendar. The, the local business owner has it, or is that another feature that you guys have? Oh, yeah, we, we wrote that feature, right? And so right from the beginning, you said, these small businesses are not going to be able to respond fast yeah. enough. And Andrew is going to say, screw it. His kid's going to be tall oh, enough yeah. to hit the light bulb. Why are we becoming wusses here and yeah, forget about whatever. this little thing? Yeah. Or you you pick it up when I'm impulsive and I sign up and the person comes in. That's I get right. it. Okay, I see That's what you're right. doing. All right, you let it. me talk about my second sponsor. And I think this is also Kayla Gray for agencies. Get this. There are agencies now who figured out the same thing you have. Businesses want to pay for clients, right? And so what they do is they say, where am I going to get clients? I could buy ads, I can run websites and so on. But one way to do it is to go to LinkedIn. They go to business, they say, what's your ideal customer, right? The business might say, you know what? What we really need is, um, what we really need is salespeople. They end up being our best customer. Great, I'm gonna get you salespeople. Where, where do you want them? San Francisco, great. They end up going to LinkedIn. They do searches for salespeople in San Francisco. They start hammering away at the keyboard, sending personal messages to people to them. And then they close the state, actually don't close the sale. They get the customer to the point where they're interested in signing up for the software or for the service or whatever. And then they hand them over to their client and say, here it is. Now I get paid for sending you these leads, right? All this lead generation is done on LinkedIn. All they need is patience and a keyboard. And if you chat to people on LinkedIn, because you could you could narrow your search so tightly, if you chat enough to the right people, you will get those leads and you'll be able to send them over to your customer who's going to pay you because they're going to get on a phone and close sales uh, that you've warmed up. Or they might even continue them online and then take them offline. Anyway, that's a whole business that many agencies are doing. I didn't even know about this. Well, there's a company called Zopto that said, you know what? We can automate this. What do we do? You're searching for people? Great. We're going to give you killer search so that you can find the right people on LinkedIn. What's the first thing you do? You send them a message? Great. Well, if you send them a generic message, you're going to be another one of these people who seems clueless. We're going to customize your message. And so have it feel more personal to the person because we know who they are. They're on LinkedIn. And then we're going to fire off the first message instead of one at a time as fast as you can copy and paste from your little notepad or as fast as you can type it in yourself. Our software will do it for you one at a time, one at a time, one at a time. And when someone responds back, that's when we'll hit you up and say, hey, this person's interested. This person's a salesperson who wants this software. They're ready to chat, chat with them. And you could chat with them. That's what Zopto created. And their whole agency is being built with people who say, I'm just going to sell leads by using Zopto to generate leads for my customers. Does that make sense, Sean? It's kind of a, it's a new thing. I want to make oh, sure no, that I'm explaining it's, it's well. great. We actually have a lot of agencies that do this work. And so- Oh, really? They get oh, paid yeah. for finding leads like that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think for, especially in the business to business verticals, I mean, it's a very good way to do it. And, you know, um, we have a lot of folks that integrate those products with ours. 
since we don't do that, and um, I'd love it if Zopto did the same. So what's what's um you could even develop. search not. Well, you could even search not just based on business title and information on LinkedIn. You could say anyone who's been on my website, I want to send them a message through LinkedIn yep. without being creepy about it and saying, well, I saw you on well, my it's site. It's also multi-channel, but, right? So once that person is engaged, once you do right. get that person, you know, you need to follow up with them. You need to book them into your calendar. You need to send out emails. You got to get them the drip sequences, CRM, all that stuff, right? So it's a really good lead-in. You might even be able to say, you know what? My customer, Sean, what your customers... Um, What's one piece of software that they that they will continue to use even after they sign up for high level? Oh, gosh, good question. Um, <laughs> HubSpot, um, is that a big oh, one? What's that? HubSpot, is that a big one or is oh, that competitive? You replace HubSpot. You replace HubSpot, I figured. Yeah, so, I mean, I would say most agents, I mean, uh, you know, like QuickBooks or something is probably something they'll still use. We don't do, we don't do that. Okay. Well, in some businesses, what you could do is you can say, look, if they're using this software, they should be using mine yes, instead of it, that, right? Yes. Yes. Oh, how about that HubSpot? You do a yes. search for all the businesses oh, that yeah. use HubSpot. This is what your team could do. Yeah. Do a search for people who are using HubSpot. You got Import it. them into Zopto. Yeah, Zopto finds them on LinkedIn, sends them a message and says, you know, you're using HubSpot, but maybe it's HubSpot and their agencies. You say, you know, you're using HubSpot. I can yeah, create your own HubSpot that you can create for your agencies and make money. Very right? smart. This whole thing. All right. Listen to me, people. There's so much more that this thing does. If you want to use it right now, I'm going to give you a special URL where you can go and sign up your whole business. You can get clients come uh, from Zopto or you could start a whole business where all you do is use Zopto to get clients who will pay you to get you know leads for them using Zopto. All right. It's Here's the URL. It's get.zopto.com slash Mixergy. And it's get.zopto.com slash Mixergy. When you use that URL, you're going to get to use your software. You're going to get a demo. So it will make a lot more sense and you'll see a lot more features than I can communicate here. And I want to know if somebody's starting a business like this. If you are, let me know. I want to promote you on Mixergy. All right. Oh, and we should reach out to them, Sean. Tell them that they should in, that they Absolutely. should integrate with you, right? Absolutely. I totally agree. We have an open API, so we're, we're, we're very easy to integrate with. <laughs> I bet then they do integrate then. Well, anyway, they showed me all the things they integrate with. If they said, look, if someone has an API, we'll integrate. It'll work. All right. right. Developers.gohighlevel.com. That's what I have to say. <laughs> all right. The thing was starting to work for you, right? Yeah. You, you listened to Nathan Latka's podcast with the founder of BirdEye. Yes. What is BirdEye and how did it open your eyes? Um. Yeah. So I loved BirdEye because the founders um, are didn't, I think the founders were not necessarily specially positioned in any particular type of way. They, they seem like some really hardworking guys. And, but what they were doing is they were helping small businesses. And that was my passion. And they had, they, they talked about how they did it. They talked about how they use cold email to get their first 10,000 customers and, you know, that sort of thing. And I thought, oh, this will be great. This is, can be our kind of our distribution strategy for, for our product. And that was kind of my starting point. Uh, you said, look, if they're using cold email to get customers, I know agencies are my new customers. I'll get them through cold email too. Let me ask you this. One of the best books that I read was On Writing by Stephen King. And I think in that book, he said that once he saw bad writers published, he said, I could be a good, I could, I have, I could make it as a writer because if sure. these guys are doing sure. it, did you have the sense with Bird Eye also that, look, if they're doing it, I think I could too. I had the sense, although, I mean, history will show that that's not where we went and that's not what happened because that was not the, that was not the technique that worked for us at all. Oh, you mean that's it. But what about the software suite? They, they seems to me I'm on their site right yeah, now. Yeah, the software, the software was a good start. Absolutely. You um, said, look, I could build better software than them. Absolutely. I was like, look, I can do the engineering. I'm not afraid of that. I think we can do a great job. Um, that, that piece was, 
what was was easy for us. Ah, so it was the idea, look, here are real human beings using a method of reaching customers that makes sense to me, selling software that I think we could create because I'm, I'm an engineer oh, at heart, right? Yeah. I might make mistakes in it. other parts of my life, but I get this. If they could get to what, 50 million in revenue, we could too. Yeah, right. Or, that, or I'll, I'll take 10% of that and be very happy, Got it. Right? If you could even do $5 million, yeah, boom, right. you're good. Okay, so exactly. that got you really fired up about it. You were still focused on reviews, but this agency started shifting your attention towards more and more and more. And like you said before, once you found your customer base, you would give them all the features you want, knowing that if like one agency needed it, all the other agencies might Fine. be similar. Okay. Yes. All right. And so cold email did not work for you for no. getting more. Referrals did, this first yeah, agency referred you. What else worked for you for getting customers in the beginning? That's it. What about that mastermind that you went to in San Diego? Well, that, so that, yeah, so that is that, so that's just the continuation on the theme. So that was it. Oh okay. yeah. So it was like this, it was like, you know, I, so it was like, okay, the first agency and then the first agency introduces the 13. And then one of those people said, I'm having a mastermind in San Diego next week. Can you fly down? I had no idea what the heck that was for the record. Um, I, I just, apparently I, it turns out it's a bunch of people getting together in a room to talk about stuff. And so, um, there were 40 agencies in that room and all 40 bought that product that day. Um, and then oh, your there, product. Yeah. What was the agents? What was the mastermind? Um, well, it was a gentleman named Rob Bailey and he, and, okay. and he has an agency coaching program called Richard and Close. And this was a bunch of agencies showing up to learn how to grow agencies, right? Start agencies, grow agencies, et cetera. And, you know, I realized that there's this whole world of coaching out there, which I didn't even know existed before. Um, and, you know, between coaches and recommending us to their students and also just agency owners recommending us to other agency owners, that has literally been our growth plan to date. And what was it that they they liked about you? They could have pieced together multiple apps, right? They were piecing together multiple apps. What's the, the vast majority of them? What apps buying, were they piecing together? <clears throat> you know, you, you name it. You know, it could be Active Campaign or ClickFunnels or Calendly or um, you know uh, Schedule uh, Once or um, you know some people might throw in some texting and Google Sheets and you know uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, all of them were you know, depending on how sophisticated they were, the number would just grow. And then of course they would string it all together with Zapier and it kind of sort of moves. You know, Jim, is it shaky or shaky? I don't, I, I don't know. Oh, I you don't know, know him. Oh, he's I mean, the guy who introduced I don't know how to pronounce it either. Oh, good. It just occurred to me. I only see him online. I'm going to say Jim, Sha uh, Jim Shockey. I didn't get why high level made sense. And then he came back to me and he said, you know how you do all these things and you use ways of connecting it. And then I realized, oh yeah, I think I'm so clever that I get to use Zapier to connect my email marketing with my click funnels landing page. And then from there I get to use acuity scheduling, but it's a lot of work to get that going. And when one thing changes, you have to go back and change everything. And for other people, it doesn't make sense. He said, well, you know, you do all that. A lot of businesses don't want to do it. Here's where high level comes in. That's the difference. That's why you're, so when I sit here and say all this exists and you could do best of breed, you say, they don't want to do best of breed. They just want to solve it. And it helps that the database is all in one place. And if you want to send text messages, you don't need uh, Zapier to, to send the text messages. That's right. Create a lot of more consistency. And, you know, in reality, I think, and I found this in my last app, and I think you talked to a lot of software engineers, you find the same thing. You know, it's, it's like the 2080 rule, right? So it's like 20% of the features do about 80% of the lift. And so, you know, while you may go into a quote unquote best of breed and see a zillion features, 
the number of people who actually utilize most of those features is very low. And if you just looked at the features that are used by the majority of people, it's a very small subset. Right. And then there's also overlapping features, right? Landing page software also comes with email marketing right now. Email marketing software comes with landing pages. They don't necessarily do better than the other in, in uh, right. their different categories, but okay. And then the thing that stood out for you was the white labeling. Where did that come? What did you yeah, come up so, with yeah, white so labeling? That, that, okay. So, so I think that it's reasonable to say these days that all features can be engineered. I don't think it's, I'm not, I'm certainly not going to stand up and say like, we got here because of an amazingly, <clears throat> you know, insurmountable feature set. What I would say is we focused on a customer base that no one had ever treated as a first-class citizen. And if you look at the agency space today, every other platform sees, see the, sees them as a sales channel, right? And a sales channel just means, hey, look, there's somebody who has customers that we want. Maybe we can find a way to convince them uh, to get their customers over to us. Right. And then we can get more customers from them. Isn't that cool? And, you know, the schemes vary from just asking to maybe some kind of affiliate situation. But at the end of the day, it comes down to this. If that agency goes out of business, that platform could care less because now they've got those customers direct. So right. they're good. We treat them as first class citizens. And what we want to, and we also thought it was important that it's not just the software. This is the other big, 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 big piece. If you look at most small businesses, the people that we truly are trying to help, you can give them all the software in the world. You could give it to them for free and the likelihood they could do much with it is pretty low. They need the marketing agency in order to make it all work. And so for us, it was super critical that we never wanted the small business or the, the agency's customer to get the idea that somehow the big trick was that they just happened to use this software. We, so we white labeled it specifically so that they couldn't get that impression and they would focus on the person that was really providing the value, which was the agency. Because time after time after time, I would see small business owners make the mistake of thinking they could do it themselves. And man, they're just wrong every, every step of the way. And in fact, it just makes sense, actually. If you just think of the next time you go in to see the dentist and you're sitting down in this chair and they're getting you ready to numb you up, if the dentist starts talking about funnels and marketing automation and all this new software that he's been, he or she's been focusing all their time on, I think you'd start to get a little concerned that maybe they've forgotten how to use that dental drill. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. People need to treat marketing as what it is. It's a real vocation. It's it's a skill like any other. And thinking that small business owners thinking they can pick it up on the side like as a hobby or something, I just think is a very big mistake. I think that I think that makes sense. We eventually end up hiring people internally for our. I think that our listeners would. And I I think the other part that makes sense is using agencies to get customers. What's what. One of the things that I've noticed with that model is the customer inevitably feels, why am I paying this agency to use software? I'm smart. I can do the software myself. Or why don't I just go find another agency? I'm thinking about Infusionsoft, for example, sure. which I, I don't like. Um, with Infusionsoft, you hire somebody to set it up for you. You decide you don't like them. You go to Infusionsoft's own marketplace, and they help you find somebody else to take over from the first agency. And what you're saying sure the agencies just love that. <laughs> right, right. And then the next agency gets to complain that the first agency didn't set it up right and so on. Um, all right. And so you let them label it as their own. That means they keep the customer for life. They get the same kind of lock-in that the software gets. Now, here's the, here's the other piece that's very important. Yes. We also enable them to sell the software as, it's, as a standalone product 
to their customer. So the customer okay. could always walk away. They get to keep using the software That's without right. the agency. Right. They keep paying. You don't, like, you don't like your agency? Fine. Fire your agency. You think you're smart enough to do it yourself? That's cool too. Maybe you are. Great. Just keep, keep the software. That's fine. But it creates a revenue model for that agency. And I think really realistically and variably, those small business owners come back around at some point, even if it's for a limited, a limited time engagement. Um, to, to add some other services. Because where do again, I find a company that's doing this? Where, where do I find like a white label version of high level? Well, well we, don't, we don't really, we don't advertise that. You're right? not going to say it. Okay. All right. I'm so I curious mean, about I mean, what it looks I mean, like. We have, well, we have, I mean, we have tons of them. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's, there's, there's lots of people. I mean, one of my favorites is a company called Law Hustle. So can I, can I take a look at their site? Law, and yeah, see? yeah, yeah. Go lawhustle.com. Law go he's Law Hustle. He's a great story. He he came, he was an, he was a, an attorney, he still is. Um, mm -hmm. And he, got into this so much that he decided to start a marketing agency. So now he, he, he does marketing for law firms. And now if I, if I go to his site, Oh, here we go. I'm on a site. Does that yep. mean you created a site? He's so using... no, his website. Yeah. So his website could be hosted on our platform. It doesn't have to be big of using HostGator. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, um, and, uh, but, but when you go to app.golawhustle.com. Uh, okay. Which is his login page. That's where you start to, to walk into high level land, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't know it because no, the design looks so good. It is good. He it's, did a great job. He's, he did a great job. I, I wasn't sure what that would look like um, based on the name. Cause you know, some hustle is kind of. Yeah, I know. He asked me about that name early on and I thought, I don't know. That word hustle seems weird for a law, but he's, he's like, Oh no, the lawyers love it. So there he is. Chris Lyle. And so your, his software comes from you. Got it. I see it. I was hoping I could see like screenshots within it, but don't worry, he doesn't I, separate it. He doesn't no. separate. He doesn't show screenshots of high level, right? No, because no. he's, he's some just, people do, some people don't. I mean, it's just it's all up to them, and we make it very customizable. I mean, we you, you can customize the CSS so you can make it look any way you want. So lots of people have adapted the software to look a lot of different ways. <laughs> Plus, you can add custom JavaScript. So we have people have added in things that are just off the wall cool. Um, it's it's really starting to become a platform. All right, no outside money profitable no. right now? Yes. All right. What are you putting your money into? Bitcoin, real estate? Engineers. Engineers. You just keep reinvesting in the business. Oh, absolutely. Not absolutely. taking any out, saving it, making sure that that part of no, you that's always right where things are going to go no, away, satisfied? No, because we want to, we want every agency in the country to be our customer. We have a, we're on a mission. I mean, we, I believe that we are doing the right thing to help small businesses in the right way by empowering the right people. And I'm, I'm committed to seeing that through. All right. The website is gohighlevel.com. I kind of, I kind of would like for you to change your name to gohighlevel.com to, well, go high level. No, you like a lot, high of, level. People, a lot of people know us that way. And I'm, I'm happy to call myself go high level. We, I love that name. Yeah. Great. I noticed that you don't really care. The company is high level. The website is gohighlevel.com, but you don't care about your own company name. You care about your customers getting to put their name on your software and then getting to work with their customers. For anyone who wants to go start a website or needs to move their website over to a better hosting company, go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. And if you're not sure what to sell as an agency, go to Zopto, man. You could sell leads to people, leads that convert, leads that they'll value. And if you want to get started with them, I've got a long URL. So I'm going to end this interview by saying thank you, Sean. And then I'm going to say the URL. Here it is. It's get.zopto.com slash Mixergy, G-E-T dot Z-O-P-T-O dot com slash m-i-x-e-r-g-y and of course we'll have links to everything uh on the site thanks sean thank you for having me